2: good afternoon Singer nation my name is logan and this is moon or bust your place for all things crypto and benzinga sounds like my mic might be a little bit louder and i'll let you uh, give me some feedback on that but how you doing today what's good
0: i'm doing well logan thanks for asking you sound just fine so i don't think you have to do anything all right awesome uh today we're gonna be talking about DAOs. what are we in for uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to go over some common types of DAOs. So your governance DAOs like Uniswap, some of those application DAOs, as well as investment DAOs, collector DAOs with NFTs. We have a special interview coming up with John Palmer, played a big role in ETH Denver, part of the Spork DAO, as well as Opolis. So our interview will be about Opolis, which is a DAO tooling kit for you know payments and, and different things. We'll learn more about it when John comes on at 2.30 p.m. Awesome. And Ryan, for anybody out there who
2: has no clue about DAOs, why should they be interested? Why should they stick around through the episode?
0: So I'm super bullish on DAOs. I think they're one of the most flexible tools in cryptocurrency. And we see DAOs popping up everywhere right now. Saw so Denver Broncos DAO trying to buy the Denver Broncos. That's probably not going to happen because they need to raise $4 billion. Uh, but we saw the Constitution DAO try and do some cool stuff uh, and they made news a lot. But there's so much happening behind the scenes that people just don't really know about yet. Uh, Logan, we created the MDAO, so we're going to talk about that. But I mean, there's so many bright minds in the DAO space. When I was at ETHDenver, Denver, it was my favorite event going to the Metapod DAO pitch competition. So many bright people there. It was crazy. All the p- cool people we met. I'm excited to meet James as well. Uh, that should be exciting. John, rather. It's John Palmer we'll be interviewing at 2.30 p.m.
2: Yeah, Ryan, I think DAOs are the future. They can do just about anything you want them to. going to be a super, super exciting episode. We'll take a look at some of the coolest DAOs that are out there and then talk to some of the experts in the DAO space, which are oftentimes like the people who created Ethereum to begin with, right? That's what those guys are, are doing now. So this is Moon or Bust. Smash the like. Stay tuned. Let's talk about some DAOs. I want everybody out there in the comments section to let us know what coins, NFTs or DAOs they are curious about. We got Chase Gordon out there in the chat. He seems to be curious about some DAOs. Let us know which ones you, you are looking at or you want us to talk about. Ryan, what is the first DAO you would like to talk about today?
0: Ooh, okay. So we're getting right into it. Maybe we'll talk about the markets later, but we always talk about the markets. So honestly, that's completely fine with me. Not too much is happening anyway. We say the um, same thing every time. Exactly. I know. We're long-term investors, so it gets boring, right? <laughs> we're looking at one-day candles. We're, we're going over like three candles. So Let's DAO something different. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the markets today, so let's get right into Dow's. How <laughs> uh, about application Dow's? I think those are probably the largest right now. I'd say they're not really true to the ethos of Dow's, but it's interesting nonetheless, and it's a good way to decentralize a protocol. So So application DAOs. is is Historian's DAO one of those? You could probably consider Historian's DAO uh, application DAO. Do you want to give a quick rundown of what the Historian's DAO does before uh, I place it into the category of an application DAO?
2: I do have it pulled up here, and maybe we could make like a DAO tier list. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Drop a comment. Let us know if you want us to make a DAO tier list. We should also do more tier lists in general. I feel like that'd be a lot of fun. We could get everybody involved. So the Historian's DAO is document, documenting history dedicated to, um, you know, verifying transactions that are minted using proof of beauty, right? So these people have submitted verdicts. They said, hey, I minted this transaction. Here's what it actually happened. They kind of provide the Oracle information and then the DAO decides whether or not it is true. Um, so you can see some of these have been verified some of them have been disputed now these are the verifiers i'm not this this guy here we actually met him at metapod uh, dao ryan maybe you could talk about that in a second Uh, but he has verified 96 transactions more than anybody else and he's also disputed eight which is more than anybody else so that is why he is the leader of the historians dao and you said wait DAO means decentralized autonomous organization. How does a DAO have a leader if it's decentralized? Well, DAOs aren't decentralized and you need to learn that right now. All right, Ryan, what do you think about this project?
0: Uh, it's really cool. Logan, why do you think that you know you need a DAO for this? Why not just go to the person who made Proof of Beauty and say, is this legit? Uh, and for a little bit of context, Proof of Beauty makes NFTs of Ethereum transactions, and then you can name it whatever you want. So uh, somebody could make an NFT and name it the first Ethereum transaction. Obviously, that would be really valuable, very historical, uh, but it needs to get verified Uh And you can verify it yourself through looking at Etherscan and looking at that transaction hash. But not everybody wants to do that. It's much easier just to look at the title, figure out what transaction that hash came from, uh, and use that. But you can't really use that unless it's verified. So, Logan, why use a DAO to verify this instead of just going to the person who created Proof of Beauty and asking them to verify it? Well,
2: here's the thing is that when a community like this and a creator like this has the foresight and wants to scale a project what they can do is they can put out a token create gamification incentive disincentive mechanics for a community to form and be rewarded for taking this task off of their hands, right? If, if David was the one who had to individually verify every single transaction, he wouldn't have been able to build the project or make new stuff because he'd be too busy verifying transactions. On the other hand, there's people who are curious about it, interested in it, and maybe they can make a little bit of money along the way, Uh, be a part of history themselves. I think the incentive is certainly there. And we see that there is this community that is actively verifying and collecting these historical transactions. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that this is a a good job to have, uh, you know, a distributed system running it. You know, you need a lot of people to take an individual look, but you don't really need these people to, uh, you know, put their heads together for anything in particular. Right. You check, you verify, You give your opinion. That's about it, right? So it's kind of a decentralized Oracle network for history.
0: Logan, you made a point. A couple minutes ago, you said DAOs aren't decentralized. I'm curious to know what you mean by that, because I'd consider most DAOs decentralized. And it's also important to consider, you know, DAOs and decentralization. It's a spectrum of decentralization. Something isn't decentralized or not decentralized. So I, I think I understand your point that, you know, DAOs can be run by just a few people that can sway the vote. So it's not as decentralized as like a network of miners with thousands of miners on the network. Is that what you meant by it or did you mean something else? So like you said, it's not
2: really an on off switch. There's not decentralized and centralized, right? Um, Oftentimes it's somewhere in between and that could take a lot of shapes. So a lot of DAOs, uh, you know, for the sake of transitioning from Web2 to Web3, copy these Web2 structures to start. And actually, those are the DAOs that have seen the most success. If you try to over decentralize something, over flatten the hierarchy, you're not going to be able to get anything done. If, if you want to have a team with a project manager that's leading the way, then you're going to have to have a hierarchy. It's not necessarily decentralized. Um, you know, if, if you take a look at, you know, Uniswap, for example, most of their governance tokens are held by, you know, a handful of, of VC wallets, right? And they give those out to the universities to make it look and sound like it's more decentralized, but the universities just vote however the team wants them to, right? So it's... Uh, You know, there are varying degrees and difficulties of decentralization. That's why I said, you know, assume to start that most DAOs are not going to be truly decentralized in the sense that you can, you know, use it trustlessly, store value trustlessly, um, you know, use this application trustlessly. I mean, you can't even use Polygon trustlessly, right? It's very centralized still. And that's not talking down on it. I'm just saying these are the way things are right now take that with a grain of salt and figure out how we can work towards something that's a bit more decentralized each day.
0: Logan, we have a couple questions in the chat I want to get to. Super quickly, Patrick Starr, big Axie guy in the chat, is asking for our Axies. (laughs) Uh, Bad news, Patrick. Those actually aren't our Axies. Axie Infinity uh, gifted them to us. Was it through a scholarship program? We don't have true ownership. We're only allowed to play with them. Uh, but maybe they want to do a giveaway so we can ask Axie Infinity, see if they want to give away those uh, Axies and then run a giveaway. That'd be fun.
2: Yeah, it would. Uh, we also need to check back up on those. I kind of forgot about them uh, for a little bit, but that's, yeah. a, that's a fun game. Make, maybe we can make uh, some more AXS tokens or
0: SLP tokens while we're at it. You should, um, probably, I, you should probably feed your Axies. It's been a few months. Do I have to feed my Axies? nah they're on the blockchain it's immutable you don't have to oh, okay good yeah that's we why also... i
2: got them in the first place <laughs> i can barely keep a plant alive bro let alone a pet
0: well can you see this comment by trade green here asking about ApeCoin. it's hovering around 10 dollars. i've been tracking this for the past few days obviously now it's one of the bigger positions in my portfolio uh, i've been checking it probably a little bit too much considering i haven't even claimed the token yet <laughs> uh <laughs> But I have a feeling I might be holding it until I regret it. That being said, I mean there's so much I can ApeCoin can do that hopefully I won't regret it. Hopefully we'll see new all time highs. Uh, but Trade Green specifically is asking about where we see this coin going in the next one to two months. I'll give my take first, Logan, and then I'm curious to know yours as well. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys aren't aware, Board Ape Yacht Club is making metaverse land and it's going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, NFT drops in history. They're releasing 200,000 plots of land. So, the first sale is going to be within the next couple weeks and that will be 100,000 NFTs. The price isn't certain yet, but we predict it's going to be around half an ETH to get your hands on a piece of metaverse land by Board Ape Yacht Club. And I think they're going to be using Apecoin. It just makes sense. They said that it's going to be used for future. Future purchases of Yuga Labs. So that's one of the theses I have that could pump Apecoin. I mean, there's so many NFTs in that collection 200,000, 100,000 launching in a week or two. So, I mean, that could drive demand alone for Apecoin. Right now, it's pretty much all speculation. We saw some utility come from like Time Magazine accepting it for subscriptions. I saw 11 tweet that they were going to accept it for payment too. Only makes sense. It is 11, it is Miami. Uh, But I have a feeling that a lot of new NFT projects will start accepting ApeCoin and a lot of new games will start accepting ApeCoin. It could be a good way to market new NFT projects, get bored Ape holders into their NFT projects. So I am bullish on ApeCoin. That being said, we haven't seen a successful airdrop of tokens, at least to my knowledge. I mean, it's hard when you gift people tens of thousands of dollars and expect them to hold onto the token and not take some profits. So I think that's what we're seeing right now. But, I mean, ApeCoin probably has more utility, or at least will have more utility than these other airdrops. I mean, we saw ENS, we saw Uniswap. A lot of these, you could either do nothing or you could stake it. With ApeCoin, you can actually make purchases. You will also be able to stake it. And Mutant Ape and Board Ape and board ape kennel clubs will all be able to be staked very soon here to get ape coins as well so that'll be really interesting i wonder if that's going to affect the price to the downside though because now the holders of ape coin and the holders of any of the nfts from Yuga labs collection uh from board api club union api club and kennel club will be able to earn these ape coins so there's potential for some downward pressure from that staking returns will probably be pretty high uh so i mean I see it doing well because of that future utility, but there's a lot of uncertainties. So definitely take everything with a grain of salt, do your own research, and only invest what you're willing to lose, especially in a coin that's only a few days old that's very volatile. That's my take, Logan. What do you think?
2: Ryan, this is my own research. You telling me is my research, man. What do you mean do my own research?
0: (laughs) It's just disclosure, man. I don't want to get sued. You mean I should talk
2: to a financial advisor before gambling my life savings on ApeCoin?
0: Exactly. And I'm not Uh, a financial advisor. I make too good of returns to be a financial advisor, unfortunately.
2: (laughs) They won't trust you with that type of gains. Um, Okay. So there's never been a coin that's been listed on all these exchanges as quickly as ApeCoin. I mean, not even like Ethereum, right? Uh, that, That took time. ApeCoin has... The partnerships, it has the brand. It is currently the best shot at becoming a Disney equivalent of the future Web three era. Um, that being said, I see uh, no reason that they wouldn't continue all of these crazy, uh, you know, collabs, business moves, integrating ApeCoin into all of it. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a like gas free Venmo ApeCoin wallet type thing, like. They can and will do basically anything as we've seen so far. Uh, the one thing we have yet to see is Yuga Labs miss a step. So, that being said, price gets back up to where it was before. I might consider taking a little bit of profits just to protect my downside. That being said, I haven't claimed them yet. Uh, but when I do that i'll probably not sell them for under 10 bucks and um, yeah. logan there's
0: a lot of speculation of what people are doing with their ape coin especially the board ape holders because they got five times as much as the and ape holders they got around at current prices about a hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars yeah per ape so these people with multiple apes are getting you know sometimes over a million dollars and people are speculating what they're doing with this airdrop, with all this new money. I'm sure a lot of people are getting NFTs and that could be bullish there, but I'm sure a lot of other people are buying ETH or even just cashing out to USD and taking some profits. So what do you plan on doing with your ApeCoin when you take those profits? Will you be putting them into NFTs, Ethereum or USD or something else?
2: Um, I don't really have like a particular plan. Uh, If I did want to take profits on ApeCoin, I would take them into ETH and figure it out from there.
0: Right. That makes sense. And I mean, you need ETH to buy NFTs anyway. So, And that's the most volume on Uniswap, too, is the ApeCoin-ETH pair. So yeah, that makes sense. And it would be nice to hold on to some more ETH since I have been spending it on NFTs. But to be honest, Logan, I want a Chromie Squiggle, I've told you. My plan is when I can sell half of my ApeCoins for a Chromie Squiggle, I'll probably do that. Last time I checked, price floor was around 7 ETH. I think some of these blue chip NFTs will probably be going up as you know these people are selling their ape coins, stuff that's under 10 ETH because a lot of these NFT collectors seem pretty illiquid, uh, just like me and you, Logan. So they'll be shopping you know, under 10 ETH. At least the, the mutant ape holders will be shopping for NFTs under 10 ETH because that's about the price of the airdrop right now. I think Chromie Squiggles could be a good pickup. Uh, but obviously very speculative, high-risk, high-reward investment. That being said, I mean, this was one of the first collections on Art Blocks. It was made by the founder of art Blocks, and it's become an icon in the NFT world, and they move. So I don't see much downside here. This is what I want to pick up. I'm sure there's some people watching right now who think I am a complete idiot for wanting to spend 7 ETH on this, but I've been following for a long time. I've been following since 0.1 ETH. I've seen the community. I've seen the art. I mean... It, I just want to squiggle.
2: Seven, seven's a small number, right? But if you know ETH at ten k, you spent seventy grand on this guy, and um, that could have been a Tesla. But you know, there's also the. I mean, it moves, right? It moves. A Tesla moves. Maybe they're the same. I don't know.
0: Yeah, they're both run by electricity. Yep. This has more colors than a Tesla. Yep. So and it you can get this one really wet. Valuable. You can't get a yeah. Tesla wet. Yeah. And, you know, you, you won't crash and kill people with a chromey squiggle. You, you might with a Tesla if, if autopilot messes up. So. so
2: this is kind of off topic. But did you see that Mercedes Benz, uh, they're rolling out their self-driving on highways and they are taking full responsibility for any accidents caused by their self-driving
0: wow. program? Yeah, that's cool. I bet a lot of companies will be doing that moving forward. I mean, they have no other choice. They have to. to Yeah. Somebody needs to. But like, it could
2: really backfire really, really hard.
0: But somebody needs to take responsibility. And at the end of the day, it probably should be the company if they're releasing a product that drives itself.
2: Yeah. I mean, once they think, once the company deems it to be ready, you know? Right. I mean, that's like the ultimate show of, you know, belief in their own product if they're willing to take responsibility for it.
0: Mm hmm. Okay, I don't want to spend too much more time on NFTs because we have a lot to talk about with DAOs. I oh, do have do. one suggestion, though. The Ape video came out for the Bored Ape Metaverse, and it was pretty cool. They're incorporating a lot of different collections. You want to take a look at that before we talk DAOs again?
2: Uh, we could do that. I think they showed it on the roadmap, but oh, well, we, we can skip it then. I mean, we got we got some DAOs to talk about. We could do some DAOs. Yeah, let's you... talk DAOs. If you guys Head really to want the to roadmap. see the, yeah. the video um you could check it out on the roadmap they did a whole episode on ape dow uh or just drop a comment if you really want to see it right now but you could just go look it up um ryan what are we dowing now
0: Ooh, let's see uh let me pull up the notes because i have a few dow's i do want to talk about how about pleaser now
2: government pleaser sure
0: pleaser is pretty cool i am there so, Pleaser Dow is a NFT collector's DAO, which I think these will get really big because a lot of people do want exposure to these high-end blue chip NFTs, these one-of-ones or these grails from really big collections. And not many people can afford them or want to risk all that money on That's such tough. a speculative investment. But with a DAO, you know, it brings together a community of like-minded collectors where you can pool your money and invest in these high-end assets you could otherwise not afford with a community behind it. So that's really cool. Uh, And this Pleaser DAO, I mean, they get some unique NFTs. They have the original Doge meme, uh, which was auctioned off as an NFT. They have the Wu-Tang, Once Upon a Time in Shaloon. I mean, they have some really cool ones. I'm not sure how much your treasury is worth. uh, But yeah, I mean, this is just one example of a different type of DAO. And I I think we need uh, more semantics around DAOs to actually explain what these organizations are, because you can have a decentralized autonomous organization for a sports team, and you can have one for NFT collecting, right? So they're so different, but yet they're all called DAOs. It's kind of hard to understand all these different applications when they're all the same name. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of went on a tangent there. I think we should name DAOs differently.
2: Yeah, DAO is just like the worst name. Like crypto names in general uh, just suck. You know, like crypto is math, but we use it for money and Like ownership and tokens, and Web three is not that much better because what does that mean? Decentralized? Well, nothing's really decentralized yet. So, yeah, I mean, we're we're on the same page here. None of these names are good, but like, it's really hard to you know come up with better ones or explain the difference to normal people. So, I think we're kind of kind of stuck, just like being stuck. The like count is stuck, and Kindred Duke just reminded us. Don't don't forget to hit the like.
0: Don't forget to hit the like button.
2: Um. Yeah. So I mean, that's the you know terminology rant. We could probably go on all day with this, but are there any cool other cool examples of DAOs we should pull up?
0: Yeah, I think grant giving DAOs and investment DAOs are really cool. But before we do that, uh, can we find Koopa Troopa's DAO landscape chart? This is one of my favorite frameworks in DeFi explaining uh, a topic here. And there's about 50 DAOs on it, but it's really interesting. And it gives you a good idea of all the different types of DAOs currently in the blockchain space. Logan, okay, if you scroll down, the full chart should be right there. Amazing. All right. So we have investment DAOs like MetaCartel and the Lao Flamingo DAO. These are DAOs where investors come together, pull their money, and make investments together you know they're investment driven daos there's also grant daos which are really interesting some of the biggest daos to my surprise are grant daos so metacartel venture is very big dao same with Molik dao which was the first grant giving dao the people in these daos literally donate their ethereum to the dao without any expectation of ever getting it back it's meant to be given out as grants to develop the ethereum ecosystem which i think is really cool logan you're shaking your head a little bit what are you thinking
2: I am trying to save this image so I can put it full screen out there for everybody, and my computer is not working, and I think that that is malarkey.
0: That is malarkey.
2: I'm going to take a screenshot. I can't even
0: even imagine how our Spotify viewers feel right now.
2: (laughs) Shout out to all the Spotify viewers. Shout out to the Apple podcast listeners, too. Messing with (laughs) y'all.
0: But yeah, I mean, like this group's way. DAOs really well, and this is exactly what I was saying earlier. There's so many different types of DAOs, and they do completely different things. And a lot of applications that you might not see as DAOs actually are DAOs because, you know, they have to find a way to actually decentralize. So DAO, which makes the DAI stable coin. That's a DAO, Compound, which is a DeFi protocol, same with Curve and Uniswap and Aave, you're in finance, Sushi, you see them all up there, but these are all DAOs because you need to have some type of decentralized company that's working on these projects uh, because the protocol is decentralized, right? There's no other way to operate in a decentralized environment other than to create a DAO with a governance token. Uh, Without a governance token, then at the end of the day, it's just the company um, developing these different protocols and you have no say. Um, So we've seen a lot of airdrops come from these different governance protocols, but it's interesting to see what else is coming here. So now service DAOs and social DAOs are really interesting too. Uh, But more interesting than any of these DAOs is probably the MDAO. Ooh, what's the MDAO, Ryan? The MDAO. How do you not know what the MDAO is, Logan? You're you're a summoner of the MDAO.
2: I was But a anyway, for
0: the audience, Ryan, it's for the audience. Oh, Gosh, okay. Darn it okay. all! You made me break the wall right here. here we go. You want to just uh, pop it open? But I mean, this explains it right here. The MDAO is the first decentralized autonomous organization created by University of Michigan students, uh, and we actually created this a, a couple of years back on Mainnet. As you guys probably know, gas fees are just too damn high to actually operate, especially when you're onboarding new users to Web3. Ain't no way in hell that they're going to be paying up $50 to vote on a proposal in the DAO. So we currently operate on Polygon. And it's been really interesting. It's even been a learning curve for the people who have summoned it. We use Dow House as the platform platform. Uh, But using Polygon for a DAO, I mean, it's really interesting because we see firsthand the trade-offs. You know, MetaMask doesn't work the best with Polygon. Sometimes there's failed transactions, uh, but on the bright side, we only have to pay one to three cents for a transaction instead of paying those high gas fees, which I think is definitely worth it. And I think Polygon will develop over the next couple of years where those, you know, tradebacks that you have of using Polygon instead of Ethereum will be less than what they are today. So Ryan, what, what does creating a DAO look like? If,
2: if anybody out there has a project idea in mind, what would make you go the DAO route as opposed to you know, the traditional route, just trying to make it uh, you know, super centralized? I mean, you could have a centralized DAO. It's more of like an on-chain organization is what I like to call it. Um, but what, what's the trade-offs you're making? Why would somebody want to do these type of actions on-chain versus off-chain?
0: Well, I think it really depends on the product you're making. A lot of these DAOs are pretty experimental right now, but if you're creating a decentralized product, you almost need a DAO like I was explaining earlier. You can't run it from a centralized company and call your protocol decentralized. Uh, For example, one company that does this is OpenSea. They're a centralized company, but they operate on the blockchain. So, I mean, they're not really Web3 in my opinion because they are centralized, whereas LooksRare has a a DAO surrounding it. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, Logan. but that's, that's one thing you have to ask yourself, Is the protocol making decentralized? and if so, you probably need a DAO for it. Um, but that's just one that, that's the application DAO that I'm talking about right now. Um, there's also all these other types of DAOs, which you know, kind of also need to be DAOs. You can make these groups as LLCs, but it, you know, it's, it's much different than creating a DAO um, as an on-chain organization.
2: Okay, Ryan, so you just said a lot there. Let's try to break it down. Somebody who's creating a project, creating an application uh you know what what benefits do they get by putting things on chain putting proposals on chain up, upgrading things on chain if there's a, if there's no community for it is it worth it
0: Well, if there's no community for it, either way, if it's centralized or decentralized, it's probably not worth it. Uh, But there are a lot of benefits of operating on-chain. For one, it's super transparent. Everybody can see where their money is going, who is voting on what, who's the most active, who's contributing, which you can't typically see in a centralized company. So that's one huge benefit I see. Also, capital in a DAO is much more efficient, much more liquid than it is in a normal company. It's all pro... Processed autonomously, it's in the name. Uh, so you make a proposal, and if that proposal passes, then those funds will be allocated accordingly. Uh, and there are tools to, you know, save your funds if you disagree with a proposal. You can take it out before it's processed. There are safeguards in place, uh, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of benefits of using a DAO, especially in a decentralized landscape. Nicholas, with the the big brain comment out there with DSI. I actually went to a DSI event in ETH Denver and I was so impressed by it. I've never heard of DSI before I went to ETH Denver actually, Uh, but I loved what they were doing. I mean, yeah, DAOs will definitely affect the science space and the research space hugely. So I'm excited to see how that develops as well. We have another
2: great comment. The LinkedIn chat is going crazy today. I love it. Shout out LinkedIn. Uh, Can you create a small part of a DAO LLC? I'm not sure exactly what um what this this commentary is getting at here but uh you know there's a lot of different ways DAOs have opted to go for their legal structure so a, a very common one is the Colorado LCA structure that's what the Spork DAO uses the Spork DAO is the team behind ETH Denver the biggest Ethereum event that there is so they are well, I'd say probably the most successful DAO in terms of putting real stuff into the world speaking of the spork dow we have john pauler backstage uh and it's just about two thirty. so i say we bring him up john welcome to moon or bust how are you doing today hey john can you hear us
1: i uh, <clears throat> not really
2: not, not able to hear us?
0: It seems like an internet connection problem, uh, not an audio problem, John. So if you can maybe try and fix your internet connection here shortly, uh, we can get right up into it.
2: All right, Ryan. So uh, could you give us a little bit of background while we're trying to get John connected? Um, where does he fit into this DAO space?
0: Uh, I think that's a better question for John, but like you said, Logan, he's involved with the Spork DAO, which uh, put on ETH Denver every year, uh, as well as being involved with Opalis, which is a DAO tooling kit for like healthcare benefits and other types of benefits for DAO creators. Because right now, you don't really get healthcare benefits, and you don't get a lot of different things you would from a typical centralized company uh, when you're working for DAO. So uh, it's awesome stuff going on. Looks like we have John back with us. Um, Not sure if he's frozen. John, how are you? Can you hear us okay now?
1: Not really. Hey, John. You know how to book flights and hotels. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. John?
2: John, it seems like your internet connection is going in and out. Um... Whenever it seems stable, just give us a heads up and we'll go from there.
0: Logan, well, John is troubleshooting. We didn't get to talk much about grant giving DAOs as well as. I mean, we talked about investing in DAOs. Maybe we can pull up like the Molik DAO or MetaCartel, go a little bit more into detail on one of those because those are both huge DAOs on Ethereum, really interesting stuff. Either that or we could give DAO House a shout out because they've helped us so much with our DAO. And I mean, it seems like there's people in the chat that are interested in either creating a DAO or joining a DAO and DAO House makes that really easy. So, you know, that might be a better idea, honestly. All right. I think we've got John now. Oh, did you
2: drinks it, Logan? I jinxed it. I jinxed it. It was good. It looked like smooth connection. Yeah, there we go. All right. Another try. Hey, can you hear us? John, how's it going? John, I'm not sure if, uh, if it's the audio settings that might potentially be messed up. Um, there's a button at the bottom of the screen to double check your uh, input and output devices. Um, but it seems like the internet might be the uh, bottleneck here. Hey, John, let us know if you can hear us. Hey, hey, can you hear us? John, are you able to check your audio settings to make sure your output is... uh... Let me see if I can... All right. Let me do a private chat. I'm going to send you a private chat, John. I sent you a private message. I'm not sure if you're able to hear us. Uh, your your audio settings might be messed up. Um, I am assuming, yeah, it just keeps reconnecting too. That's so strange. Um, John, let me know in the private chat when you get that sorted out or if you'd like to um, just try to reschedule to another day when the connection is more stable. You
0: want to get into Dowhouse house, Logan? Oh.
2: I think we can hear you, John. And it's going to reconnect in a second. Alrighty, okay um we yeah let me let me bring my screen share back up and we can talk a little bit about dow house um if john is able to connect then great if not we will probably have to figure something else out but we can keep the dow conversation going it seems like we're rolling seems like the chat is loving it we got some more comments uh from Paulius in the chat um Let's see if he clarified on what the, the legal question he was asking. Um, Ryan, this doesn't look like Dow House, does it?
0: It does look like Dow House, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, they just pushed out an update like a week or two ago. Um, so that might be why the home screen's different. Nicholas, this will be recorded. You can view it on YouTube after the stream. Uh, and we might be able to edit some of this for our Spotify viewers and our Apple podcast viewers as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we can get into the Dow house a little bit more, talk about MDOW a little bit more. Uh, but I absolutely love what Dow house is doing. Wouldn't be possible for us to have created the MDOW and do what we're doing today without Dow house. So huge shout out to them. Uh, and they have a ton of DAOs on their platform already. And I think that network effects could keep Dowhouse house as one of the market leaders in the space. Uh, most of them are on mainnet right now, and there are a few really big ones. There's MetaCartel, which is on Dowhouse. house. The Lao, I believe, is also on Dowhouse, house. Uh, and those have millions and millions of dollars in their treasuries. We see there, there's 18.5 million in the Lao. MetaCartel Ventures has 12.1 million. But it is not really about the money for these styles. It's about working together. Their slogan, MetaCartel's slogan, is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, which I think is a great slogan to have. I really resonate with that one. I'm sure you do too, Logan. Yeah, I like that
2: one a lot. Uh, It's uh, pretty pretty succinct. I think it explains it really well. We almost had John there. Um, Looks like we lost him again. I'm trying to switch my feedback please help me there we go all right um so yeah like if if somebody out there wants to make a DAO, DAO house is a great way to uh you know test things out explore uh for pretty low risk right you can summon a DAO on uh, the gnosis network or on the polygon network um for a couple bucks honestly and you know if it doesn't go well you just make a new one like uh you know It's a great way to test things out, explore, and you don't have to know any coding. That's the coolest part, right? So what DAO House does, they automate all these smart contracts, let you fill in the blanks uh, and summon a DAO just like that. John, are you able to hear us now?
1: Super choppy, man.
2: All right. Um, Like you're coming in and out. Yeah, it's uh, the same thing over on our end. We could try to roll with it for a little bit. um, And and if it's too problematic, we can always find a a different platform or a different day uh, to try to have this conversation again. Um, But we are uh, really excited to talk to you. Ryan and I are both DAO builders. We are really excited about the DAO space. um, And and we're just glad to learn um, from your experience. You are a part of some DAOs. uh, But before we talk about that, could you maybe... Uh, Give us some background on how you got into the Web3 crypto space.
0: Logan, I I appreciate the effort you put in to talk to John, uh, but it looks like we'll probably have to reschedule. This would go fire on a Twitter space. Uh, Let's see if John has any better connection. But if not, I mean, we have other platforms we can try or we could reschedule. Definitely want to talk to John, though. I mean, he's been doing so much in DAOs. And like you said, we're getting really involved as well. So there's a great conversation to be had. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's happening today. Yeah. All right.
2: All right, John, uh, I'm not sure if you can hear us or not. We will talk to your PR team, but we will try to find a new platform or medium to reschedule this on. Thank you so much for trying, Um, but we are going to have to keep it going at this point. Um, So, Ryan, where should we go? Do you want to go look at the different types of DAOs on DAO House? Do you want to look at, uh, you know, Gitcoin, some different grant giving DAOs? Where do you want to take the DAO discussion?
0: (sighs) <laughs> um, i want to look at metacartel DAO, but i also want to look a little bit more at dow house so I, I guess we were going with dow house maybe we uh, stick with that for a little bit and then move on to metacartel you could even create a DAO if we wanted to that could be fun i also don't just want to throw up a random DAO. we're not going to use on dow house's platform um so yeah maybe not here we have 12 million dollars
2: in the metacartel's Venture Dow 71 active members, 96,000 outstanding shares, giving each share a value of what $1,200? Give or take,
0: about right or $12. Uh, 10 would be 960k. 12 12.6. It's now 100, 120 bucks. There you go.
2: That's why they pay you the big bucks. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's check out some of the proposals. Maybe we can even find our, ourselves in here. Dow member of the month. Now, that's a cool one. I like yeah, that.
0: It was Victor, too. That's uh, who we met. He's a UMICH alum, fellow alum from Michigan, law student uh, back in the day, did some law, and now he works for DAOs.
2: Very nice. Very nice. So I want to hear what questions you guys have about DAOs out there in the chat. Uh, they could be super beginner or super expert. We'll try our best to answer them all. Um, But so let's go back to Paulius's question for a second. Uh, If a cannabis organization wants to utilize in real life investments, you need accredited investors. Uh, Some parts of organizations are registered a trademark or LLC for that specific use of the Dow. Yes, if you want to, uh, you know, purchase physical, uh, you know, U.S. legal entities uh, or any other type of legal entity, you're going to need to go through the typical legal structure. So there are ways to integrate a DAO into a, a you know, traditional legal sense. Um, but the space, the DAO space is way, 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 way ahead of the legal space. Um, so the legal space has some catching up to do, uh, some optimizations that are probably going to take many years. Um, and at, at that point, you know, we'll see DAOs really take over and really be able to execute on a, a lot of different levels uh, and mediums. But for the time being, there's a lot of limitations, and that's why the people who are in the space are there. They always love solving new problems, and this is the, uh, the one that they choose to focus on right now.
0: We have a question from LinkedIn asking what the difference between sponsored and not sponsored DAOs is. Interesting question. I'm not exactly sure what you're getting at here, uh, but I'll give you one example of a sponsored DAO, the Metapod DAO. That's why I got my little Metapod plushie up there. Uh, It's an accelerator for DAOs that we recently joined uh, through a pitch deck at ETH Denver, and they're helping us now scale our DAO uh, and and bring more people onto the team and and be more productive, essentially. So really cool stuff. But they're sponsored by Meta Cartel and, and DAO House and a few other DAOs. And basically these big DAOs with millions and millions of dollars, they want to do a lot. But they create either sub DAOs or they sponsor other DAOs to get these goals accomplished. So they might give them some money for funding. They might give them some grants and and then they sponsor them. They help them out. And a lot of times, too, these DAO contributors that are at either DAO House or Metacartel, they'll also be part of Metacartel DAO or I'm sorry, Metapod DAO or these other DAOs that are intertwined with it. Uh, But they do operate kind of separately. So you can have a focus of like grant giving or you can have a focus of investing or what have you. Yeah. Sub DAOs
2: are a very, I think, cool idea um, for launching different like verticals or products in a kind of self-contained, self-organized fashion. I think that they have a lot of benefits to provide compared to the traditional system where that's a lot, lot harder.
0: You could also take this question differently and say that a16z sponsors the Uniswap DAO. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different stakeholders in these DAOs. So a lot of the times for these DAOs that are like collector DAOs or these different DAOs on DAO House, these are more community DAOs, investment driven, I'd say... It's hard to say. I mean, more decentralized in that everybody who's in it has more of a say, but less decentralized because there are less people in it making the decision. Uh, Whereas DAOs like Uniswap and probably Curve and a lot of these other big applications, they have a lot of funding from VCs and different investors who hold a lot of tokens and can probably sway those votes a lot easier than some of the members can in these community-driven DAOs. So let's
2: talk about the decision as a DAO to... Make a coin or a token versus not. Okay. The MDAO does not have a token. What benefits does this provide? What disadvantages, if any?
0: So the biggest benefit I see of not having a token is being able to have a permissioned DAO. So our DAO is permissioned. Uniswap's DAO is permissionless. So you have you don't need permission to be part of the Uniswap DAO. All you need is to have Uniswap tokens. Once you have those tokens, you can vote on proposals with your tokens. Uh, and essentially one token equals one vote. If you hold more, you have more of a say in the protocol. But that's not how most DAOs work on DAO House. And that's not how our DAO works. That is the MDAO. Uh, instead it's permission. So what happens is say each share is worth $2 and somebody comes to us asking for a hundred shares, they could offer us $200 or maybe, you know, they think that they're not going to add much value to the Dow, but they really want to be in it because the team is sweet and they think it's going to grow a lot. Maybe they'll incentivize us and give us like $220 for those shares. And then if we accept that, then we have an extra $20 in our treasury over the amount of the net asset value inside of the Dow. So we Once that proposal comes in, the DAO members that are already functioning within the DAO Get to vote on whether to let that new member in or not so typically these types of DAOs have closer knit communities they have uh, operating discords and they they chat at least a few times a week if not every single day and then they get to decide which members get to join the DAO, who adds value who might you know not add value and then therefore maybe we don't want to dilute our shares and let them in uh, so i think that is an important distinction to make and by not having a token you can't transfer it around right so if you had the MDAO token, then all of a sudden somebody could just transfer their shares to somebody else, sell them off either on a decentralized marketplace or just peer-to-peer say, Hey, do you want to join the MDAO? I can sell you my tokens for this price. And then all of a sudden we have somebody in our MDAO we may not even know.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, Ryan. Um honestly, like the state of crypto is just like if it's got a token, then I'm bullish on it, right? There's you know, if it doesn't have a token, how am I supposed to invest in it, right? Um, despite the fact that there's a lot of good technologies out there, Arbitrum, Optimism being two great examples that don't have tokens, they're great, very useful, necessary scaling technologies. Um, but you know they don't get talked about because they don't have a token, right? And so like you know you could just make a governance token that's you know arbitrarily useful uh, and you know airdrop it to the market, but like who is to say that that governance will you know, be effective or successful, um, or, you know, any bit productive, uh, it's still, the verdict is still kind of out there. It's really just good for attracting like investors and speculation. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I've been talking about this a lot lately is like, we have no clue what the actual value of governance tokens are. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've seen Uniswap go from 45 bucks down to, I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> You know, I bought into the idea of Uniswap, you know, like, hey, this is a cool protocol. Like, I want to buy their token, not really knowing what governance was. Like, that was one of my first DeFi investments ever, right? I was like, oh, like, this is, uh, you know, part of, it's like a share in Uniswap, right? Uh, When in reality, it's not exactly the case. Um, But I predict that, like, a lot of retailers, retail investors will probably make that mistake after me, right? Right. So I'm holding my uni tokens. I'm honestly still bullish on, you know, certain good protocol governance tokens. Um, but, you know, fair value. Who knows?
0: Logan, you bring up a really good point that people don't really care about these projects without tokens, which is a little bit ironic. I think we could dig into finding some alpha here because these projects without tokens often airdrop their tokens when they release, right? So I don't know. Arbitrum said they weren't going to release a token. You were talking to me about it like a week or two ago, or now maybe it's in the cards. Uh, same with like ZK Sync, same with uh, a few of these other protocols you mentioned. But that's interesting, right? To me, if I see a protocol that's getting really big and they don't have a token, I think they'll probably be releasing a token sometime soon. And the only way to really do that is through an airdrop, unless you want to create a security uh so that's pretty interesting stuff. If you see these big protocols and they don't have tokens, I would urge you to use it at least one time, because just in case they say, if you've ever used this protocol, if, if your wallet has ever been connected to our application before we had a token, before you had any financial incentive to really use our program, you're an early supporter. Uh, before the masses come in with the token, we're going to airdrop it to you. I think that's something to point out because like you said, people just don't really care about these programs that don't have tokens. People are more willing to use SushiSwap because they have Sushi tokens and they want to use the platform because they've invested in it, or they might just simply want to invest into a token because they think it's a useful protocol. Uh, But I think that Alpha is there for those protocols that don't have airdrops or don't have tokens yet because you could potentially be getting an airdrop in the future. Definitely
2: something to look out for. Obviously, nothing is is guaranteed by anyone, um, but yeah, I mean, I've used these protocols a handful of times. We'll see what happens. Like, there's not too much harm done. Uh, at the end of the day, got some you know new experiences, got hands on with some new protocols, new technologies. So, always, always going to be a good thing to you know further your education. Uh, if not, get yourself an airdrop while you're at it. So where do you want where do you want to go with this Ryan?
0: I'd like to stay on the topic of airdrops. I have a, maybe talk about mask token uh because mm-hmm. that's been talked about quite a bit recently. MetaMask sounds like they're releasing a token. Has it been absolutely confirmed? It's pretty much confirmed at this point that MetaMask is releasing a token. We don't really know when though. Uh do you have any more detail on it? You do a little research?
2: I do not Know a whole lot about the MetaMask token, um, but like, let's see, let's 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 see what we can put together here. So, MetaMask's use case and only revenue stream currently is the small fees they take off the top of their their exchange, right? Um, it, they give well, you they access to wire.
0: They technically don't have an exchange, but yeah, wire transfers, um, and they do take a fee from trading through their wallet interface. So I believe that MetaMask is actually a DEX aggregator. So it's similar to 1inch that you go in, say you want to trade Ethereum for USDC, You can go straight into your MetaMask wallet and make a swap, and what it does is it'll route it to Uniswap, it'll route it to SushiSwap, it'll route it to QuickSwap, and whatever decentralized exchanges it uses. I think it's like five to ten of them, and then whatever has the best price, it'll execute on that platform, so it makes it super easy. They do take a fee out of it. I'm not sure what it is. I think it's like 0.1% to 0.3%. It's nothing too, too crazy. But yeah, that was a rumor that was circulating around a few months ago was you should be using MetaMask swap feature if you want to qualify for the airdrop. Obviously, that's not confirmed, but I believed it enough to do it on all my MetaMask wallets just in case. It seems like they probably won't be giving it away for just having a MetaMask wallet because like, we have five MetaMask wallets and like, there's millions of MetaMask wallets at this point. It just wouldn't really make sense. The gas fees would be more than the airdrop at that point. You have to remember... it. It's probably going to be a valuable airdrop in terms of market cap, but each individual person probably won't be getting too much money because there are so many people that already have MetaMask, whereas some of the other airdrops like ENS Domains was a good lump sum of money, uh, but that was like 140,000 people that had an ENS Domain. And then, you know, the mutant Board Ape drop, that was 30,000, 25,000 people, but MetaMask's will probably be like a million. So, Logan, this is really interesting. They've probably given a lot of thought into how to distribute their token fairly. Do you have any ideas or any predictions on how they will actually end up distributing their mask token when it launches?
2: So first question I have for you is what is a MetaMask wallet?
0: Uh, Just, you know, signing up with uh, MetaMask. I guess you don't technically sign up, but generating a MetaMask wallet. Right. But. I see what you mean because you you can just right. MetaMask should be able to tell. I would think they would be able to tell if you downloaded on Google Chrome. If you downloaded MetaMask on Google Chrome and and generated a seed phrase on their platform, I would think they would be able to tell.
2: Um, Well, I maybe argue like we're not sure, right? I'd say I'd argue against that because that might be a privacy and security concern. Well, the one thing that they can say is, "Hey, which of these wallets are full?" Right? Which of these app users? Have their private key, uh, you know, loaded into our wallet application, right? So from there, they could make that cut off that top level distinction. I think they might. They might say which wallets are loaded in here and active at least once a month. Um, they might say which wallets are loaded in, have the private key, and uh, have used the swap, right, or use the swap once a month, right? So. We have to think about what type of information they're able to track and able to reward um, before we can, you know, make any serious guesses on who's going to get what. Right. So, according to consensus, MetaMask has uh, over 10 million monthly active users now, and you know how many this is partly owned active by active J.P. Morgan.
0: When we got our MetaMask wallet slogan, do you remember? No I clue. Still have- 5,000 a month. No way. Active users. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? What, in 2017,
2: 2018?
0: Yeah. Jeez. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Came a long way. Oh my God. And I remember seeing when it hit 500,000 too. It was like a year ago. Wow. I mean, this this later half of the year though, it's definitely just through NFTs. And then like that first half a million was through the DeFi boom. So it's interesting to see how that developed too. Mm Mm-hmm yeah this is crazy actually i have the chart right here um
2: check that out yeah we started using it before this chart started
0: (laughs) That's cool. But another thing to consider is MetaMask will probably be launching a DAO with their token. This is how they're going to be decentralizing their protocol as with all these other airdrops, right? So a question that people are asking who are doing these airdrops is how do we give the most tokens to the most active and most valuable people within our ecosystem? So we've seen a few different ways of how people have done this. Looks rare did it through trading volume on OpenSea. Uh, Whereas, what was another example? ENS Domains. ENS Domains, what they did was it, uh, they gave you like a multiplier based on how long you have your ENS domain for because you don't get it for life. You're renting it for either... one year, five years, ten years, um, as well as how long you've owned it in the past. So the people who started uh, getting ENS domains years ago were rewarded more heavily than those who just bought an ENS domain a few months ago uh, at the time of the airdrop. So that was one interesting way to do it. I'm sure MetaMask will do something that isn't just like you have a MetaMask while you get the airdrop. That, like we said, doesn't really make sense at this point. Um, But it's interesting to see how these developed. Like the, The first major airdrop was Uniswap, and that was just if you've used Uniswap before a certain date, you get 400 tokens. Uh, So we've definitely improved since then. And I think MetaMask will do something really interesting. I hope it's based on time because then we would be rewarded very heavily. Uh, But it could be based on volume, it could be based on a a plethora of different things, and it it might be like all of the above, right? It could be time, the amount of money you've spent on different protocols, uh, the amount of times you've done swaps on MetaMask. I mean, it's really anyone's guess, but I bet they're thinking long and hard about how to actually distribute these tokens, because MetaMask, to my knowledge, is the platform with the most active users on it that's ever planned on doing or has done an airdrop so they can really leverage that to you know benefit the holders that will be most valuable to them in that DAO, right definitely i'm
2: thinking about it more so like metamask quotes you your gas prices right you say yes and then i'm sure that metamask sends it to the eth client so they could probably see like hey all of these transactions were sent from a MetaMask uh, you know, server to the client, right? So you could probably figure out how, which wallets use MetaMask at, to which extent by tracking uh, who sent the transaction to the client. I'm not sure if that's stored on chain though, right? So I guess they'd have to go through their own records and uh, I don't really see a problem with that.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
2: All right, let us know what you guys think about the mask airdrop. Do you use MetaMask? Do you use a different wallet? Do you have any crypto or NFTs to begin with? Uh, If not, what's stopping you? Let us know. Also, before we forget, smash the like button. We got everybody out there on LinkedIn. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel as well uh, and follow us on Twitter also um i'll pull up our twitters ryan if you have anything else the last 60 seconds of the show today uh please take it away
0: uh twitter said i wouldn't get a verified on twitter until i have 1400 followers and i currently have 1019 followers so i need 381 of you guys to follow me on twitter so i can get verified once I'm verified, Snoop Dogg said that uh, he'll come on the show. So make sure to do that. Uh, yeah, not financial advice. Do your own research. Snoop Dogg may or may not actually be coming on the show when I hit 1,400 followers.
2: Yo, yo.
0: This was a pretty fire tweet. It should have gotten more love. Look, yeah, at, look at the so price too. I predicted. Uh, I'm so good at predicting airdrop prices. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the day of, the day of, yeah. yeah. All right, make sure you guys follow us if you're not following us already. What are you doing? Come on now. Um, that's about it for today's show. Hope you enjoyed us talking about DAOs. If you did, make sure you let us know with a comment and a like. Uh, make sure to smash Ryan's face as well with your mouse. Left click, right click, save as. Anything else? You want to leave the folks with, on this Mutant Monday afternoon, Ryan McNamara.
0: Wag me. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time,